it's I know it, there a lot of circum like I said like you just said a lot of circumstances didn't happen but I mean it's totally my fault like I I like to believe that it's been a long time since then and I've grown a little bit but I'm not so naive anymore to think that like I can't screw up again so I'm always very careful. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back to the Corner Gunner Podcast. In this episode, we're talking to Ken Cannon. So you may know him from his YouTube channel or his online course, Japanese Through Anime. And today we go and clear up some of the controversy regarding Ken's past, as well as talking about his journey with Japanese alongside discussing some of his business experiences with his online course. So as always, we have bonus clips on Patreon, and if you're watching on YouTube, we'd really appreciate if you could like and subscribe. So I hope you guys enjoy. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back to the Kodakata Podcast. My name is Raza, and I'm joined by my co-host, Eric. We talk to people of all types of backgrounds about their lives in Japan, studying Japanese, or even tips and tricks on how to learn the language. This week, we're joined by a very special guest in Ken Cannon. Yeah, so Ken Cannon is a YouTuber and Japanese teacher who started learning Japanese a little over 15 years ago. And many people know him from his YouTube channel, where he posts comedic Japanese skits as well as Japanese lessons. And he also has a controversial online course called Learn Japanese Through Anime, where he teaches how to learn Japanese. But today we want to get a closer look into Ken and get the full story behind his course and his expansive experience with the language. So, Ken, can you give us a quick background of who you are and where you're at today? Yeah, of course. Thank you for having me on the podcast. Um, I started learning Japanese a long time ago now. It's, it's crazy how time flies. I was... I was around 15 or so um, when I first found anime. Of course, that's kind of how it goes, especially when you have a course called Japanese Anime. <laughs> but I found anime, um, and it's 2004, and I um, wanted to actually, you know, do kung fu. I started wanting to learn how to, you know, make movies and kung fu movies, and I was learning Chinese. And uh, I was also watching anime at the same time, so I was like, well, uh, this seems kind of productive, so <laughs> let me learn Japanese instead, so I'm already watching anime. And uh, I kind of started from there. Uh, t- uh, long story short, I went, I went through a lot of different courses and programs and stuff, and none of it was really working really right. well, um, especially to understand anime. I was, um, I, uh, I was learning a lot of formal Japanese is what I noticed later, and uh, words that weren't quite what I was you know, watching. So it wasn't working for me, so I decided to kind of take things into my own hands, and I developed several different methods on how to learn Japanese by yourself. Mm-hmm. And um, taught myself to speak ja- or to understand anime at least in the first eleven months, and um, that was great and it was really fun. I went to Japan, had a lot of good times there, and I think about six years later, when I was like twenty years old or twenty one, I uh, started a Japanese YouTube channel teaching little fun videos, and it started to get really successful. I was like, "Wow, this is pretty fun!" So uh, I made a course, an actual full fledged course. Um, after that and started to teach people the method that I used back when I was uh, 15. And that was about 10 years ago now, and I've been doing that kind of ever since. Wow. It's uh, quite a long time with the language. <laughs> <laughs> it's too long. Yeah. But, but yeah, I guess, I guess we're going to start by, like, addressing, like, the elephant in the room here. That we've, like, heard, you've heard, like, rumors, of course, for, for a little while now, but, like, we've heard the whole I, the whole thing of, is Ken Cannon a scammer, you know, and this mm-hmm. whole notion of that. So 
like I guess just to get to the bottom of that, like what, what exactly happened? How did this kind of notion even pop up? Of course, yeah. Um, so uh, seven years ago in 2013 is when I first launched this thing called a Platinum Group. I had been teaching the Japanese Dramatic class that I told you about just a second ago for about five years at right. that point. And everything was going good. People really liked it. But it was all recorded. It was just videos. Uh-huh. And so I wanted to kind of take it to the next level and do like, oh, let me do some live stuff. And I found out that one of the biggest things that people have a problem with when learning Japanese is that they don't stick with it, right? They It takes a long time to learn Japanese, you know, at least a right. year, right? Mm-hmm. The very least. So I was like, okay, how about I make how about I make a whole year course instead of just a few months? Like, I'll just be with them for the whole year and we'll do live classes and we'll talk live and whatnot. And um, I launched that thing in 2013 and uh, I have to go back a little bit. Actually, when I was um, uh, 14 or so, I developed a social anxiety disorder and um, uh, that's what led me to learn Japanese too because I was kind of in the house all the time watching anime. Um, but anyway, I had this social anxiety disorder and it had been years since it flared up. So I was like, I'm probably cured. I didn't even think about social anxiety at the time. Because uh, I was 21 at that point or something. Oh, wait, no. I was like 23, actually, because a couple years since uh-huh. then. Um, but I taught this. So I was like, okay, I just taught this live course. And I didn't realize, like, how much different live courses are. It was really nerve-wracking, especially because I'm making this content. And, and I'm literally seeing the reaction right in front of me. Like, oh, my God, are they liking it? Is it good? Oh, my God. I'm, and, um, you know, there were so many people. I had 30 people in the original one. And I promised private lessons to every single one of them every month. And that was kind of my biggest mistake because I had to do all these lessons for everybody. And I got behind on them really quickly because there were so right. many. Um, and so getting slowly behind the private lessons while trying to teach this course, uh, it kind of got to me. And I started to flare up this, this social anxiety that I thought was gone. Um, at first, I didn't even know what was happening. I was just like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. I was just kind of really freaking out. Um, and it, we made it about, I don't know, maybe two months into that thing, maybe two, three months into the course where I was just... I just started to break down really bad. Um, I was worried about everything, just just getting really freaked out. Um, and I started to get behind on classes, and people were like, "Hey, what's going on?" And of course, that made it worse because um, <laughs> when you're that's that's what I worry about the most. And so um, that got really crazy, and um, I kind of just pulled back slowly. Um, and at the same time, um, simultaneously, I was running advertisements on um, YouTube. I've been doing that for years. That's kind of how I get clients and students and right. stuff. And I was doing a lot of, I was doing a lot of um, advertisements at the time. I was doing about 10 grand a month. And that's fine because usually we make it back in students. You know, students come in and you know, we spend money and it's fine. But um, right around the same time, Google, this was 2014 again, they, they were doing the software upgrade. So they changed their, just their platform, just the way they, What's that called? The user interface, the how they you know target advertisements, uh-huh. and I and they sent several emails about it, and I didn't check anything because I was freaking out about platinum. Um, and apparently they uh, they they said, okay, if you don't do anything, we're just going to auto update it. And I'm like, I didn't even look, and they auto updated it apparently. And I found this all out later because after I had freaked out about platinum, I looked and um, I looked at my targeting, and apparently. What happened? Because I teach Japanese, right? So it's a little confusing. One of the one of the parameters um, about how you target advertisements is what language does your customer speak? Right. And usually we we target English speakers because we want to teach them Japanese. But I suppose something got messed up and it started targeting Japanese speakers. Um, and so it was running for a couple months like that, and I didn't notice it. And uh, before I knew it, it were, I was like sixty grand in the hole. 
And um, that had happened a couple, a month or two right after the platinum fiasco. And uh, it all just kind of hit me at once. And I just kind of went into this crazy spiral of depression. Like, it's all over. Like, I lost all everything. I lost everybody's, you know, because they paid for platinum and that's all gone with advertisements. And then they're, they're mad at me and then I can't create content and I'm super late. And um, I just kind of like shut in for uh, like two, three years. It was really bad. So that's... That's what happened. And people got, you know, the, the people that were in the class obviously were mad because, like, where the hell did he go? <laughs> we paid for uh-huh. this course. He's gone. And, um, and it, it makes perfect sense. And I came and I, um, I think I first contacted them, first contact them again. Um, maybe it's been, it's been about two years after that. And I reached out and I said, I'm sorry. And I apologize. And by that time, it was, it was already the story had blown up. I would noticed on the Internet that people were talking about it, which obviously they would. Makes sense. And, um, yeah, I, I tried to make amends and so I contacted everybody and, and ever since then I've been kind of giving them free classes. So I've given them free courses for life. A lot of them, uh, some of them don't really want anything to do with me. So I, I gave them, you know, refunds and, um, also given them free classes to anyone who wants it. Fortunately was, I'm really fortunate about, I actually still have about half of the students that were in that class are still taking classes for me to this day. So they kind of were, they're really nice and they forgave me. Obviously I'm not making them pay for the classes, but um, yeah, so that's, it's been about seven years since that happened. And so that's where the rumors started. Half of them are rumors. Like some of them, some of the things that, that happened on, that they said online were things like, you know, Ken's on the run with a bunch of money and he's running from the FBI. I heard like all these crazy <laughs> stories and Jesus Christ, I, I wish I had a bunch of money and I was running, but, um, yeah, none of that. Ha- I wasn't, no, the law didn't get involved. It was a small class that I just kind of screwed up. And uh, I've been trying to make amends ever since. I see. Well, I, I actually did yeah. hear that FBI story. It was so weird. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, man. <laughs> oh, what are we going to hear today? It's a fun story. Yeah, it's a fun story. <laughs> it's great. Oh, man. Yeah. People were, like, taking pictures of random houses at one point. They're like, I found Ken. This is his house. Like, oh, my God. What are they doing? It was getting terrifying at the at that oh, moment. Man. I mean, yeah. I, I can so. only imagine kind of, like, coming back to the internet and all of a sudden this is what's circulating around. <laughs> yeah i thought it was true at first I was like oh my god really <laughs> yeah the, it was i looked into it and yeah i wasn't fortunately so oh man <laughs> so uh yeah, yeah what, what a what a crazy amount of circumstances going on <laughs> over there <laughs> yeah. yeah really really crazy obviously all my own doing mm-hmm. but still yeah uh, <laughs> yeah yeah mm-hmm. man but i'm um, so that's what that's kind of what happened. So I mean, I don't, I, I, it's, I know it, there a lot of circumstances. Like I said, like you just said, a lot of circumstances didn't happen. But I mean, it's totally my fault. Like, I, I like to believe that it's been a long time since then. And I've grown a little bit, but I'm not so naive anymore to think that like I can't screw up again. So I'm always very careful. Yeah, because the the social anxiety never really goes away. So you just kind of live with it. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. I guess speaking of social anxiety, we can even just start right from the beginning here and like how you Mm. even actually got into Japanese. Like you mentioned before, you had social anxiety and you kind of it kind of led you to kind of going towards anime with Dragon Ball Z being one of the first. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah. Good. Good old old days. days. Yeah. So I, I guess like how how exactly did you like find like Dragon Ball Z and anime in the first place? Like. And, I mean, you mentioned that having this disorder was, like, very hard on you, obviously, in a lot of circumstances at home as well. But how did it feel like when you were able to find that first piece of Japanese 
art over here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh man, that was a glorious moment. That was that was one of the good moments. Um, I uh, I first it was actually I was watching Dragon Ball Z when I was in uh, middle school. And but it was it was dubbed, so I didn't even know what anime was at the time. I was just watching, like, oh, this is cool, and all my friends watched, and I was like, oh, that's cool, that's right. cool. And then it wasn't until I, a year later when I when I developed a social anxiety disorder. I was like up late at night one night, and I was watching uh, Toonami's like Adult Swim. I don't know if you it's really old school. I, 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 I do remember that. that. I, I remember the yeah no yeah. I, I back in the old Cartoon Network into yeah. Cartoon Network at night coming going to Toonami. Oh man, those are the yeah. days, man. Those are the days. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I was watching that and Inuyasha was one of the shows that was on and I got really into it. I, I don't know, I guess because I guess it was kind of dark <laughs> and I was in a dark place. So I was like, oh, this is cool. Uh-huh. And uh, I tried to, I was obviously they show like the middle of the season. So I'm like, I wonder if I could like watch this from episode one. Right. So I went online and this was like 2003 or 2004. So you know, this is kind of a new thought to have. I wonder if I can watch it online. So I went on there and wow, it's it's online. I found it. Uh, so I downloaded it. Um, I probably shouldn't say that anymore, <laughs> but yeah, I did download it because uh, I was like 14. I didn't know what else to do. So I downloaded it, and uh, it was in this really strange language. Uh, <laughs> I thought at the time it was Japanese, but it sounded really strange. Uh, I think it was also because the main character Inuyasha is a dog, so he kind of like sounds like a dog when he's ah, like, ah. I was like, what the hell is going on? This is so strange. Um, but I was like, ah, there's nothing else. So I just kept watching it. And it, I started to grow on me. I was like, oh, I like this, ah, ah, this language he's speaking. This is cool. And uh, I got super into it. I, uh, I ended up watching the whole season. And I went to the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. I just kept watching anime after anime after anime. And I was, I was at home because of social anxiety at the time, I should say this. I was being homeschooled at the time. So I had a ton of time to, <laughs> to become a super otaku nerd. So I was doing that uh for that whole year about a year and it was really fun it was so fun just getting lost into this crazy world because anime and japanese is just so different from anything i grew up in and it was it was really cool i was i felt like i'd fallen into this deep deep like hole of just i don't know like alice in wonderland feeling like what is this world it's so cool that's kind of what it felt like (laughs) but at what point did you decide to actually start learning japanese because I'm assuming you were watching with subs, right, at that time? Yeah, I was watching with subs for, I think it was, I don't know, it might have been a year at that point. Uh, it was a long time, but it was like a lot of anime because I was watching like eight hours a day, so it was too much. <laughs> but it was all with subs. Um, and maybe maybe almost a year into it, I was I was trying to learn Chinese, like I mentioned a little bit ago, because um, I wanted to be a kung fu action star. That was like my dream, because I really loved Jackie Chan when I was a kid. I read his book, I watched all his movies, and like that's what I'm going to be. And so I had been studying Kung Fu for a long time. So I was like, okay, I'm going to learn Chinese to, so I can go to China and study. And uh, I was trying to learn Chinese, but watching anime all day. Trying to learn Chinese, watching anime all day. I'm like, this is, like, this is probably not the best thing. This is really counterproductive, I think. So, well, Japan's got martial arts too. I'll just learn Japanese. And I did that. Um, and that's how I got into it. So that was about a year into. I see. Yeah, it's probably 15 or 16. I, I see. see. And what, what were, like, how did you go about learning Japanese at that time? Yeah, so the first thing I did, uh, I think I just downloaded Rosetta Stone. That was the very first thing I did because I had um, cause I was already really good at downloading, <laughs> <laughs> and um, I, I uh, that's the you see the commercials everywhere. So I'm like at that point, and you know, 2004. So I was like, oh, I'll just download this thing, um, and uh, I tried that. I went. I was really diligent about it. I tried. I did like their whole thing, like the whole semester, whatever they call it. I think they call it like a 
I can't remember the term they use, but it's like a bunch of lessons. I did the whole thing. And then I did Pimsler's Japanese. That's an audio program. That was also really popular. I think they're getting popular again. But anyway, I did that audio program. I did the whole thing.、Um, really, really crazy. Because I said I had all day to do it. So I was just spending eight hours a day doing this.、Um, and then I did、um, another program called Let's Learn Japanese Basic. It was this really old, like, cheesy 70s like, program that aired on NHK. So it was like. Mr. Yansan goes to Japan and he, he, goes, he moves there, and it's really, really lame. <laughs> it's like these weird skits where he drops a bunch of oranges and they're like, Are those your oranges? <laughs> yes, those are my oranges. It, it was really lame. But I watched the whole thing, of course. I watched all like 52 episodes. And、um, at that point, it, it, had, it had been like a couple months. And、um, I went back to anime. I was like, Okay, I should understand something. And I didn't understand anything. I was like, What the hell? Did I learn the wrong language? Like, well, I spent all this time spending eight hours a day doing all their programs and、uh, nothing. I couldn't even pick out like a word. I didn't know what the reason was.、Um, and that's kind of how I st- got started into it. But、uh, yeah, that's why it started me on this whole journey of like, what, how do I fix this? Wow. So, so I guess、yeah. now you're like reassessing, like, oh, how, how do I actually learn the language now? Like, what was your first point of attack to? Figuring out how to learn it through, especially through anime, because this is what you're, this is the goal at this point, right? You want to be able to understand anime.、Yeah. So that's the only goal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All other worthy goals have gone out the window. <laughs> I'm just going to understand what this dog character is saying、yeah. to me.、Uh, I mean, I clearly you didn't hear the, the dog Inuyasha type of Japanese in Rosetta Stone. So something was, go- something、no. was going wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well, no. They, they betrayed they, my、oh, trust, Rosetta、oh, Stone. Come on, Rosetta Stone.、Um, <laughs> <laughs> so,、uh, yeah, so I thought that's, that's what literally, that's what the first thing I thought. I was like, okay, well, obviously, this is a dog character. It, they're just probably using different words or something. So I'm going I'm to learn. I wonder what the words are in this, ki- in this anime. At the time, I wasn't watching Anyasha. I was watching Naruto、uh, from, you know,、uh, yeah, I mean, Naruto, it's, it's、uh, yeah, it was right when it started, so 2004, 2003.、Mm-hmm. And、um, it's about ninjas and stuff. And so I'm like, okay, I'm going to learn what, what's like the most common word in this show. It's like, that would be a good place to start rather than whatever Res- Rosetta Stone was teaching me, dropping the oranges or something. <laughs>、um, so, okay, I'll.、Uh, I'll learn that. But I was like, well, how do I know what that is? I have no idea. And this is, again, back in 2003. So there's no data on this at all.、Mm-hmm. Um, I don't even think the, the. I mean, nowadays, like, you can find frequency analysis charts online and stuff.、Mm-hmm. But back then, you couldn't. And so I kind of I just was searching and searching and searching.、Um, and I finally found this one guy's blog.、Um, he, it was a Japanese blog. And he was just transcribing Naruto chapters. I don't know why he was doing this. Um, it was very strange, but it was the whole chapter. It was like, I can see it, you know, chapter one, page one, page two, page three. And I was like, oh, this is a gold mine. So I just copied and pasted his whole blog into my computer. And、uh, okay, I have all the words now. Now how, I just need to find out what they say because <laughs> I don't know what they say. And so、um, I, what I did was I used like the software. It was a Romaji, into Romaji translator at the time. It, it basically takes kanji and turns it into Romaji.、Right. Um, and it, it wasn't perfect, so we had to play with it a little bit. And then I took that. I'm like, okay, now I can read the words. Now, what I need to do is figure out what they mean. 
And uh, I, or I, what I need to do is I figure out what the most common one of these things are. And so I used a you know, frequency analysis chart. They have English softwares at the time. This was back then. And I used that, and it sorted it into the most common word and the least common word in that whole document. And I was like, oh, this is great. And so I just kind of went down from the first word, the most common one, and I went down the next one, the third one. I just kind of learned it that way. I had a dictionary in one hand and then, you know, the list in the other. And uh, that's how I started my first you know, my own invented learning method. <laughs> I see. And I guess like to yeah. kind of memorize these words is use like a, a, like an Anki type of program or were you just straight like flashcarding this and kind of old Was school? there even Anki at that yeah. time? Yeah. Probably not. Really. No, there wasn't, no, right? No yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they may have existed, but it was, it, it might've been crazy minor. Like no one used Anki at that time. It was non-existent. Um, in terms of, you know, popularity anyway. I'm sure there was some kind of space repetition software, but it it was probably belonged to some college and they you know they didn't share it on the internet so um yeah i just used flashcards <laughs> like straight up i made flashcards one you know the old school i still have them like right oh, in front wow. of me um not those original ones but i'm using it for something else i have a, de- a deck here for a pitch accent but anyway um i'm super old school anyway uh revealing my age here um yeah so i didn't use any on keynote <laughs> <laughs> i see i see Oh, man, really going at it. So I, I guess like yeah. now you kind of have the words here, but how, how did you kind of grasp the grammar then? Because that's like the next step, right? Because you have a bunch of words, but if you're not able to have the grammar to go, go and structure it, you won't really be able to fully understand everything, right? Yeah, 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 totally. Fortunately, what I found is that those programs that I went through, and I went through several more. I didn't stop at the three that I mentioned. I went through like six, six yeah. or so um, in the first year. And fortunately, the grammar was accurate, okay. right? The, the grammar they taught wasn't, it doesn't change between anime and formal speech too much. There's a few things, but the, the, the structure, the particles, and the, the way the verb tenses more, uh, conjugate are pretty much the same. Mm-hmm. So that, that part held true. So I just had that already built-in knowledge that I, that I spent learning. Um, but the words were really the big thing. Um, and I, uh, I also developed a couple other things. So I, so I didn't need the grammar, so to say, but I, it, did, it wasn't enough. Just having the words and then a the knowledge of grammar. So um, I, I figured I was just watching the anime. Um, all the time, and I was like, I well, I wonder. I think, I, I I think I could just probably just watch a lot of this, and it would probably just like I'd probably just start to understand it. Like, why wouldn't that work? I don't know. I was really it was a really stupid. I thought it was a stupid idea, but I was like, I just I'll just watch a lot of it. I took the subs off, and I just started watching. Um, and uh, I did just raw Japanese. I was like, oh, this is not fun. I don't understand anything. <laughs> I'm just watching this all day long. It immediately took the fun away. So I was like, okay, I'll put the subs back on. Um, and then I understood them. So I was like, wait, wait, well, I'm not, I'm not learning. Okay, what the hell am I going to do? And uh, so I decided, well, I'll do both. And so what I did originally, um, what I, I called it the subtitle tutor when I released it in, in, you know, to the public later. But at the time, I was just like, okay, I'll do this technique. I'll watch the episode with subs first so I know what's going on. And then I'll immediately take it off and then watch it again, the same episode, without subs. And uh, I figured that would, like, con- my brain would connect the dots between, you know, what I knew it meant that they're saying because I just watched it and what I'm hearing currently. So I'm like, okay, that'd be cool. Um, and uh, it was really cool at first because I, I, it gave me the illusion that I could understand Japanese because I already had watched the episode and they say these things like, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oh, I know what that, that means. Open the window. I know that. I'm, I understand Japanese. This is great. And so it kept me motivated. And um, yeah, I, I was able to take the subtitles off, which um, 
apparently is really important. So I did that for a long time. And I, I did a couple other things with subtitles. I took them off at certain points. I watched them first with subs and without subs. Did several different things. I used, used the same kind of logic with manga and video games. And, um, and uh, those are the kind of things I taught in my course later on. Right. But I did a bunch of things. And, but the, the general foundation is that. I just was, you know... Basically, what I what I was doing was input, which I didn't even know existed at the time. <laughs> I thought I invented the damn thing, but no. <laughs> apparently, it uh, it's a very uh, logic, a sound logic. It's got some some theories behind it. So, yeah, that is pretty much what all I did. Those three things. Was there an anime that you like used a lot to do that, or like because you probably had to yeah. choose like a a simpler anime in order to like follow the plot and stuff. Right. Um, I, I did play around with that, too, obviously, because, you know, harder anime is like something like, I mean, even something like Death Note at the time was really difficult. Um, so I would, I, the simpler animes, it, it turned out that, that Inuyasha, uh, the, the, our, the author, wrote pretty simply. So Inuyasha and Rama was another show that she made really super old. And I watched both of those really, really a lot. I did it with Naruto, too, and I did it with Bleach. Um, all the big ones back in the day, but the the one where I first started to like really understand things, and it was a couple several months after that, was Rama. I was watching. I remember the exact moment where I understood. I was like, oh my god, I actually understand what's happening here. This is really crazy. Did you remember the scene? Yeah. What, what was that moment? Oh I yeah. Oh, what, what exactly <laughs> happened in Rama? <laughs> <laughs> it's really not. It's not cool or anything. It was really lame, but it was. It was cool to me. It was this. I think it was like episode twenty six or something. It's weird. I remember the episode. Uh-huh. Um, it was uh, where Rama and this girl Akane, his his you know the his I guess his fiance, uh-huh. uh, were ice skating. It was this ice skating thing, and they were battling ice skating, ice skating kung fu, and they were like fighting this other couple, and uh, yeah, it was very non manly. But it was <laughs> it was that moment when they were ice skating. Um, I was like, whoa, I, because it was kind of a weird line because I, I knew, I understand what was happening because I had watched the episode before usually. Mm-hmm. But with, um, when I watched that episode, I realized, wait a second, I'm, I'm, I don't just know what they say because, what they're saying because I watched it before. I actually understand that word. I know what that means. Um, and so that was, that was really, that was really cool. That was about 11 months in. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it must. It, once you took a step back, must have been kind of funny. Like, oh wait, they're just ice skating. Wow. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was not. It was not super. You know, complicated anime. It's not super complicated language or anything, but it was still monumental. Yeah, I mean, I can imagine whenever and you have that like feeling of breakthrough. It's like, oh man, like it, it just completely like redefines like the whole language for you personally. You know, <laughs> it's a great feeling. Oh yeah. Oh my god, that was. Uh... It felt amazing. I mean, obviously, as you can imagine, I spent all this time doing this thing that I thought that I was beginning to think wasn't going to work, and uh, finally, it worked. <laughs> and it was it was pretty cool because, especially because when you go off on your own like that and you develop all these crazy methods, you're like it's all on you. So if you don't you don't have anybody, well, the method and many people have learned with this method before. It's probably going to work. You have like nothing to believe in. So it was pretty pretty scary for a while there. But when it finally works, yes, oh my god, it was so cool. Um, yeah, I, I mean, it really just takes you so much deeper into the media. It's what I found. It, it, because you can understand things like, you know, the pronouns that Japanese has. There's, like, way too many. But they all, you know, have, like, a special feel to them. And, you know, the sentence, kind of, the sentence and the particles are really unique. And um, my goal at the time was like, just escaping into this anime. And so that just really made it even more crazy real for me. It was so fun. Oh, my God. It was great. 
Um, and then, so the next step after that, um, I, I was, I kind of, um, what did I do after that? Gosh, I kind of put Japanese, well, I went to Japan. That's right. I went to Japan like a year later after that. Um, I, the right immediately when I got to understanding anime, I kind of stopped studying, so to speak. I just watched anime for a while. Right. Um, and, um, but I went to, when I went to Japan later, uh, that was, that was pretty crazy because I didn't know that, you know, I mean, I knew I could understand anime, but I didn't know if I could understand like real live people um, or if I could say things back to them because you don't talk back to the screen. Right. So that was also really, 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 really scary. Um, but uh, that was also really fun. I had, I had talked on Skype to people before that. Um, and we can talk about that a little bit. But that's kind of what I did after that. And then, and then I just kind of went to back to school. And became a normal kid uh-huh. <laughs> for a couple of years until I started GTA um, when I was like 21 or something. I see. So I, I guess we can yeah. just go talk about Japan first here. The whole reaching <laughs> the motherland here after all this time and kind of grinding it out. So I guess uh, upon arrival, were the real life English subs what you thought it would be? <laughs> <laughs> no, they weren't. Uh, but no, but the the country itself was crazy. Like the first thing I remember was when I first got there and I got out of the airport. I, I just looked because I was watching. I was also watching dramas and stuff at the time too. I was watching a lot of dramas and a lot of like variety shows and right. stuff. So I'd seen like the country mm-hmm. too. And so when I when I get to the when I get to like this road, it was just oh my god. Because the road looks different. Like, even the roads look like the asphalt. I don't know what they use in their asphalt. It's more crunchy or something. <laughs> it just looks different. Like, what's going on with this asphalt? I just, like, I literally got down on all fours and I just started touching it. Oh, my. What? This is amazing. This is what I've, I've been seeing on the TV this whole time. And then the poles they have. Everything is so, everything's slightly different. So, it's just, it was really bizarre to see it finally in real life. Japan. Um, yeah, it was, it was really cool. I remember that moment the most. Um... And then <laughs> the houses and everything was just so bizarre. Like the doors, they're just different. They open in a different direction and everything's smaller. It's so small. It's very cute. Uh, I felt like when I opened the first Japanese house that I went into, I was going into like this little like rabbit house with all these levels. Because it it's, it's like I had like three stories or something because we don't have three-story houses in right. America. And that was very strange for me. I was like, what? how high does this go? <laughs> Like, the last staircase was just, like, a ladder or something. It was very interesting. Uh, it was so cool. I had so much fun. That was my first time there. It was just, like, that really set it in stone for me. Like, oh, I'm going to be, I'm going to do this for the rest of my life. This is amazing. Yeah, I mean, in conclusion, Japan yeah. is built different, literally. That was good. That was fun. <laughs> oh man! I mean, I, I wish I could have been there when I the, I could have been the guy to see you right come off right off the airplane and hug the asphalt <laughs> on the ground. That that, that, would, that sounds like a sight to see right there. <laughs> oh god! <laughs> Breaking news: yeah. Ken Cannon hugging the asphalt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That'll be the new headline. Oh man, yeah, it was, it was, it was bizarre though. It's fun though. Fun oh times. yeah, and and I mean like one thing we always kind of hear whenever we ask people about like their first trip to Japan is uh, the culture shocks. And hmm. w- was that something you kind of found yourself in? Because of course, like you view Japan through the sort of like that you see it through anime, and you kind of get gain expectations through anime. And then once you actually hmm. appear there, things might be a little bit different. So that kind of factor into anything as to, like once you actually arrived in Japan? Oh yeah. Um, 
I actually didn't feel that until quite a bit after, but I did. I, I, I ran headfirst into it, and it was really, 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 like, disillusioned. Like, I was really sad when <laughs> I felt. I, I could tell you a little bit. But in the first time I went to Japan, I didn't feel uh-huh. any of it. It was just the wonder of Japan because it was just so fun. And it also had some, a little bit something to do with the people that I went the first time. They were um, different kind of people, different people. Um, and it was a different situation. The The one time I went where I had like this culture shock was when I was going to meet my girlfriend's parents. Right. That I ran into like, okay, I'm not just a foreigner having fun in Japan. I'm actually, I'm expect, they expect things of me now. <laughs> And uh, I guess, I don't know, we're, I, what I was, what I am probably still, is just something so different from the very stereotypical Japanese salary man. So it was, it was, mm. it was a lot of friction there. It was a lot of things like, well, why are they angry? I don't understand. <laughs> um, and I, I, I had to look it up on YouTube videos and stuff like, what's going on? What happened to my magical Disneyland of Japan? <laughs> it's not amazing anymore. This is hard. Yeah. I had that. Oh, man. Yeah. That's why we go to Disney Sea. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> right, oh man, yeah. I mean, yeah. Definitely, the the entire just culture around family is so different. I mean, I I can only imagine. Oh God, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. It, it, was there like something specific about that experience that really like like because I mean, of course, you got the YouTube dictionary out here always coming in in the clutch whenever you need it. <laughs> Yes, very well. Uh, did you find it? Everything is 100% Everything true. is true, yes. <laughs> <laughs> did you find something maybe yeah. um, that helped you kind of understand what was going on in this kind of unfamiliar situation yeah. you were being put in? Yeah, totally. Um, so th- when I ran into that, it was after I had started uh, GATA, Japanese Anime, the mm. company. So I was working from home and I, and I had a very unique work situation. Right. Um, so I, you know, worked a couple hours a day, um, at most. And then I just kind of, I had a lot of free time, um, because I had people that worked for me and they hand managed some other stuff and things. So, um, I always did that. And when I went to Japan and I was staying at her family's house, right. the, I didn't, I took work off. I was, I'm just gonna take work off. And they're like, what? what do you do? Do you have a job? Like what? Oh, he does things on the internet. What, what does he do on the internet? And they didn't understand the whole concept at all. They were just like, Oh, he's, he's home. He's a homeless, uh, freeloader. Okay. (laughs) And, uh, no matter how much I tried to show them my, my cute videos, they're just like, "Mm -hmm, okay, well, we're gonna have to have a talk. (laughs) And they didn't, they didn't understand it. So, um, that in the beginning they were kind of nice, but, um, uh, I guess it kind of um, what the big problem I guess was just that they didn't um, they didn't feel safe with me you know and I didn't understand why I was like well I have money I've got this thing going on and and I I, I went to the YouTube's and I found the re- I did my research um, 100% accurate <laughs> of course and uh, <laughs> through finding other people's experiences I found that like you know it's just kind of a different what's expected of the man is different in Japan than what's expected of you know some other the man in the, in another country. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've found that a lot of Japanese salarymen go to work, and they go to work all day, and they, and they don't come home till very late, which is, we've heard stories about this, but to the extent, I didn't understand. Like, you would, if they came home early, like, a lot of wives would be just be disappointed, be like, why are you, why are you here? What happened? Are you going to get fired? Why are you home so early? And so a lot of men would go, I hear stories about men going to konbini, would be go to the convenience store after work, because, like, I can't go home, it's too early. My wife's going to think something's wrong so they would eat their lunch in their car 
all by themselves for like two hours before they went home way late. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is very different. <laughs> it's very strange. Um, so I was like, okay, I need to present myself a little better. So this is um, clearly not just, you know, having a party, no work for three months in Japan is not a good look. Oh man, yeah, I can only just, imagine yeah. the expression they had on their face when it was like 9.01 a.m. and you're just sitting in like the living room. They're, they're like, oh yeah. my, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you have any? Do you have any onigiris? Like <laughs> eating them out of the house and home is not good. <laughs> wow, it was very tasty. Oh man! Yeah, yeah. yeah. So did you try to like conform to those like expectations that you learned about during that time? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, what I generally what I had to do because at that point I'd ruined it, so I had to I had to take some take some distance. So what I did is I moved I moved out of there. So my plan was to stay with them for a little bit um, because I wanted to get to know them mm. and stuff. But I was okay, I'm going to get an apartment in Japan <laughs> so that they know that I, you know, I can afford one at the very yeah. least. And, um, you know, I kind of treated it as like, okay, let me try and go back to stage one here and, and show them that I do, I, I have a job and I, you know, I can, afford, I can support myself and stuff. Right. Um, and so in that regard, I did. I didn't actually start working 17 hours a day or anything, but I, I made it look like a, maybe I was. Maybe <laughs> I, <laughs> I didn't show them that I was nothing doing nothing all day, so that was probably a good step. The, the power of perspective. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. I, I guess now kind of like rewinding a little bit here to your first trip back in Japan. So like at, at this point, this is when you kind of first understood Japanese and you really had the ability to maybe use the language that you learned like practically here. So how, how much mm-hmm. of a difference did it make going through that experience, really grinding it out to once you're, when you're actually in Japan, what was it a big help to you or did you find out that, Oh, there's, there's so much more to learn right now. Um, to be honest, um, when I first went to Japan, I was, um, I mean, there's two there's two sides of it, too. One is that Japanese people are really nice if you can speak any <laughs> Japanese. Like, they're just going to, like, compliment you to yeah. death. So there's that. And so people can get all carried away and think that they're geniuses, oh, um, which I'm very good at doing. I'm very good <laughs> at getting carried away. Um, so I definitely did that at first. Um, so when I first went there, I felt like, oh, my God, I must be a genius. I'm so great. And they, they compliment me. And I'm, I must be amazing at Japanese. And, and then there's the other aspect of it, which I found out later, that I wasn't so great, but I'm also, I was probably very good at, I was also probably very good because of the, the maze, massive input that I did was just, it was, it was quite abnormal at the time. I mean, there's not a lot of people that did that back in 2000, you know, 44 or something. So, um, it, it definitely made me stand out, but I di- there was a lot more to learn. Definitely. Um, uh, and th- for one thing, in the initial 11 months, I didn't know how to read at all. So I didn't learn reading at all in that first 11 months. Cause that, so I just like relied on my girlfriend to like, what does that say? What is this? How do I leave? How do I do anything? I couldn't even ride a subway because everything's written in kanji. So that was, uh, that was something I needed to pick up on. Um, but in terms of actual communicating with people, I, was, I had a blast. It was really, really good. It turns out that um, the casual speech that they use in anime is really nice to speak casually with friends. It really works really well because, especially if they're your age or they're un- younger than you, then you can really, um, you can just talk freely and they get to know you really easily. Rather than if you're using Kegel or, you know, ja- formal Japanese right from the go, it's kind of hard to break that Kegel barrier um, where I didn't, I wasn't very good at it, so I didn't use it at right. all. And uh, I had a lot of fun in general. We had a lot of drinking, you know, parties at izakayas and <laughs> a little bit too many of those, but that was fun. <laughs> It's yeah. just not Japan without the izakayas. <laughs> no, no. 
Yeah, I, I mean, there's yeah. always the the classic Gaijin pass to take out the Keigo too, you know. <laughs> there's that? always the classic Gaijin pass to take out the Keigo too. Oh, oh. man. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> of course, yeah. So, yeah, that's kind of what happened. That, it was really fun. I mean, um, yeah. So. Yeah, and I mean, like throughout that experience, throughout all the izakayas, do you find that your Japanese improved any bit after, like, from coming there? Uh, I, man, I'm. I'm it, it was a long time ago, so I'm really thinking yeah. back. Um, I think. I mean, I know it did. I mean, it's just logically, right. of course it did. I didn't feel like a huge improvement, though, because I, I like I said, I was probably really good at that point just from doing crazy right, input. Right. Um, and and um, But, I, I mean, I know it definitely got me better. Um, yeah, I was really fortunate, too, is that my, my girlfriend at the time, she had a lot of friends mm-hmm. all over the place. So I was like, let's just plan a trip across Japan because she had, like, friends in different prefectures. So she would go, we would, like, travel mm-hmm. different prefectures. Let's go meet my friend Mayuko. And like, hey, Mayuko, he's <laughs> Akaya time. And then let's go to Guma and meet my friend Fred, you know, Johnny. Know. <laughs> and then, yeah, let's go to another Izakaya. And it was just kind of like that every day. <laughs> it was really, really wild. But I, so I got a lot of practice. I know I did. So I, I probably got better. It was just been so long ago. I don't really nice. remember. Yeah, moral of the story, Izakaya time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Izakayas are great. Yeah. Definitely. I should bring Japanese through Izakaya is probably my next that, Yeah, I can't wait. can't wait. I'll be the first to sign up for that one. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you mentioned um, your Japanese girlfriend kind of taking you through as well as like you said you were going through um, Skype as well. Um, and kind of talking to Japanese people. So there, you have a, a blog post on your website, uh, an infamous blog post of how I was able to get a Japanese girlfriend. And it's a oh. very, very interesting <laughs> blog post to me because it, it went from the, I think you mentioned um, the J- Japan Guide and uh, was the website. <laughs> and they had like a sort of pen pal sort of service at the time yeah. where you can go and connect to uh, a person and then you were able to connect to this japanese girl and you really flexed the romaji on her she didn't know what hit her <laughs> <laughs> yep nope <laughs> yeah i didn't see at the time i didn't even know how bad that was <laughs> i thought i was a badass yeah that's why it's really funny <laughs> so, so i guess like walk us through yeah. that like moment where you kind of decide to go sign up for that service and then how how was it like chatting with i guess like your Japanese knowledge really for the first time. Yeah. So that was truly the first time I had spoken to an actual Japanese person, um, was through that service. Um, and, uh, I just send out a, so it's just, I don't know if it exists anymore. Japanguide.com is, I think is what it was. And, um, I went and signed up, and they had this pen pal service, like you mentioned. You just kind of like, it's kind of like email. It was really old school, 2000, again, 2006 or whatever, 2005. And uh, I sent it out to like 10, 10, maybe 20 different people because I had no idea who would respond. And I got responses from people. Um, it was really fun. And I decided to, you know, add a couple. I tried to get them on. So my, I had like a plan. I was going into this. Um, I was like, okay, so I'm going to I'm gonna get them off the, the exchange, the, the site. Because I didn't want them on there because I couldn't talk to them there. So I had to get them. And then I put them on Skype. And then I'm gonna chat to him for a little bit, make him feel 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 comfortable, and then <laughs> I'm gonna hit him with a phone call. It was really it was really devious, and uh, so I had this thing all this planned out, and um, 
it was so I, I managed to get a few of them off of the site because I emailed so many, uh-huh. and I put them on Skype, and some of them responded, some of them didn't, um, but a couple of them did, and one of them um, that I first decided to have a phone call with. Uh, was online at the exact same time, which is rare because, of course, Japan and America don't have the same time yeah. zones. So mm-hmm. we're able to chat Skype like at the same time. And I was like, "Oh, this is oh, this is great! Oh my god!" <laughs> and so she's responding, "Oh, um, okay, is it time? Is it time to call?" And uh, it was really, really scary. But I was like, "Oh yeah, I'm just, I'm just gonna do it. I'm just gonna let's let's chat." And I sent out the message to let's chat. We had only talked for you know five ten minutes at the time, maybe maybe ten minutes. Um, so I said, "Hey, do you wanna? Hey, do you wanna do you wanna chat real quick?" Um, we can. Pr- I think I I framed it so like I could pr- I can help you with English or something. Mm-hmm. Really, I wanted to speak Japanese, but I was again scheming. So I was like, okay, I'll help you with English. And then so she's like, oh, okay. And so she, we ca- I called her, uh, rang up the phone, and then she we talked in English at first. So she was I was like she picked up. She didn't say anything. So I just hello, and she's just like hello. And so I was like, oh, oh she's alive. <laughs> oh my god, and um, <laughs> she's a real live one. Um, so I, I just kind of talked to her a little bit. I said, "Hey, how your why your English is really good." And she's like, "No, thank you, no, thank you," or something. Um, yes, thank you. I can't remember what she said, but it was uh, a little bit broken English, right? Because she was still right. learning. Um, and uh, we did that for about five to ten minutes, maybe five minutes, pretty quick. Uh, and I I was too scared to like speak actual Japanese to her, so I I didn't want to make the switch. I just kind of like I she said something to me like in English, and I just kind of like turned my face away from the. The, uh, the phone, oh. she was like, I was, le- how long have you been learning English? I learned it for four years. And I, t- I was like, Majikaya. I, I just said something in Japanese to the uh-huh. left. <laughs> <laughs> and she was like, What? What? She said in Japanese, eh, eh, n- n-. And I was like, Oh, uh, n- And I just kind of like switched like nonchalantly into Japanese. And she's like, Eh, n- nande? eh majide? And she was really surprised. And I was like, eh, And then she, <laughs> she just got really, really surprised. And so, uh, it was really cool because I thought I was going to bomb. It was going to be super lame. But apparently she was really, really shocked. Like, whoa, you can speak really good. And um, we just started talking in Japanese for like four hours. And that was that was amazing. Just straight. Uh, <laughs> and um, we got to know each other. And um, yeah, we, we, you know, we got to know each other really well because we became, uh, we started a date after that. And I could talk a little bit about that, but... That's how the first conversation went. <laughs> yeah, because this is so. That was your first time speaking ever. The first time ever. Yeah, that was <laughs> it was really really scary. But yeah, oh, uh, it was good. I, I like I knew I could do it because I've been you know I I understood everything the anime man was saying like the anime characters <laughs> so if that was anything to, to speak about. But I was like I could just I just sound all I gotta do is repeat what they say. It shouldn't be too hard. But uh, yeah, it was really scary though. Oh man. Yeah, so I guess it was at this point on the blog where this became a cryptic to-be-continued story <laughs> <laughs> that, we, that we never ended up yeah. finding out what, what exactly happened, Ken. So <laughs> I guess now is the time to finally flip over the rock here and really find out how, how, how did she become your, your first Japanese girlfriend over here? Okay. <laughs> well, don't be surprised when there's a lot of sludge underneath the rock. But anyway, um, <laughs> generally how rocks go. Um, God, so I we talked for like four hours, and it was just normal talk. We we're just talking about nothing romantic or anything. It was just like you know, regular conversation. Um, and um, so, I, the reason I didn't, I, I have to go to look at the because I still have the records and see how it went. To, but I, I think, I think it took like two or three conversations. It was. 
it was a couple, we did it again. We talked on Skype a couple more times. And then I, um, remember I had this elaborate plan. So my last step was to get him, to get him, you know, to meet me. Like I was going to meet him at, I pictured it all. Like we're going to meet in the mall. It's going to be great. And I, <laughs> this was before was, uh, I even Ken, talked to them. Ken uh, really creepy. Right <laughs> yeah, like this Japanese. I literally, oh my God, it was really bad. I actually called this, I made this a technique in my course. And I called it the Nihonjin Hunter technique. <laughs> I give out like scripts to how to hunt your first Japanese person. It's really creepy. But anyway, um, that's for sale. If you want to buy that. I'm kidding. That's like, um, yeah, so. <laughs> if they weren't before, now oh, they God. are. <laughs> but anyway, um, I, uh, yeah, I just, because I, I purposely picked people that were in my area, in the San Francisco Bay Area, actually. Uh-huh. Um, and we, she was in San Mateo or something at the time. Yeah, San Mateo. And I was in Fremont. And so I, um, she was coming to the East Bay. So I was like, let's go meet at the mall. Um, that's harmless. We can meet at the mall. Um, I'll see you in the food court. And, um, she, at first she kind of like a little nervous, but then she was like, well, you know, I'm going with my friend. So it'll be fine. You know, I was like, yeah, bring your friend. I was trying to make it safe because, you know, this is obviously scary meeting someone on the internet back in 2004 at the very least. So. Um, she, um, I remember, oh my God, this is really bizarre. So I, I was, I got ready and I went, drove to the mall and, uh, there's this food court and you, it's a really big food court. So you can, it's really long. So I can see way down there from far away. So when I walked into the food court, I, uh, I looked and I just scanned and I was trying to find her obviously. And I saw, I saw a bunch of people and then I saw these, like, it was really weird. I saw these like, almost like shining Asian people, just two of them, right, right in the middle. They looked like they were like there was light coming off them or something. I think they were sitting underneath a window or something, but they were just like glittering in the light. I was like, oh, no, that's not them. That can't be them. So I just kept walking a little closer, like looking around for other, you know, Asian-looking people. I don't see any more. Um, what, what? That can't be them. And then I got even closer, and like one of them was really, really pretty. Oh, <laughs> that's definitely not them. It can't be them. I didn't know what this person looked like actually at the time. So. Um, I was just kind of like looking, but kept drawing closer and closer. And then, and then, um, <laughs> it turns out that, yeah, that was them. Um, I got a little closer and they looked and, uh, I said, spoke to them as, oh, are you, are you, you know, so-and-so? And they were like, uh, yeah, oh uh, yeah. And they laughed and I walked up and like, hey, and, um, we started talking and it was, it was really, really it was really, really cool. It was really, it was my first live seeing a Japanese person in live. Like I had talked to them, but I didn't, I hadn't seen their skin. Like I hadn't actually seen what they <laughs> right, looked like. Right. So that was also really cool. I was like, oh my God, this is what Japanese people look like. They're, they're gorgeous. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> wait, so which one was the one that was really pretty? Uh, it was, the, it was the one that, you know, I was, I wanted to date later and I did end up dating. So that was good. <laughs> um, there was another, the other one was also pretty. I don't want to like, you know, say, but it was, this one just was like, oh my God. Um, and so, um, yeah, we walked around the mall a little bit and, uh, I was throwing out little Japanese jokes, trying to, you know, impress the one that I thought was pretty. And, um, they had, we had a good time looking at different things and it turns out they didn't know anything about Japan, America, because they had just come from Japan. So they didn't speak very much English at all. So it was really cool. Cause I got to show them around. I was like, Oh, you guys don't know about, you know, so-and-so I'll take you there. And I took them to this place called Santana Row in like San Jose and, you know, I don't know if you know the place. It's really cool. Um, it was back then anyway. It had these lights and it's like a little, a little like downtown area that's really sweet. And uh, we went there <laughs> and we ate some food and they had, they had live music the day we went. It was super cool. Uh, I was like, oh, like I planned this. Um, it was great. And um, 
Uh, I think it was, yeah, it was that first day. Oh my God. So that first day I talked to them, we were with them for a while and then it found out that it was the one I thought was pretty. Um, we'll just call her Ayaka. That's not her name, but I don't want to like right, give her right. names. Uh, her name is Ayaka. And um, the one I thought, Ayaka, it was her birthday that next day. Oh. And it was like, it was like eight at night or 9 p.m. or something. And then she was like, yeah, my birthday. I'm like, well, it's in, your birthday's in three hours? Are you, oh, really? Well, we should just... We should hang out for your birthday. That'd be great. Um, and then the other friend, fortunately or unfortunately, was like, oh, I, you know, I, I can't stay out that late. I'm like, yes. I'm like, oh, no, that's so sad. We're going to miss you. And uh, so <laughs> we just waved her off. And um, oh, my God. And then we went to, where did we go after that? I remember where we ended up. But I think we went to this other, like, restaurant, like this bar place for a little bit. And then it was really late. So we went 11 and then we went up to the, um, I think it's the, yeah, it was like the Fremont Hills or something. We drove up there at like midnight or something to see like the city um, at midnight. It was really, <laughs> uh, it was totally platonic. It was great. We drove up there and it's like, she's, at this point, she's kind of like, what the, I thought we were trying to be friends here, but no, we're going up to see the, the beautiful scenery. And um, yeah, so we went up there and we talked and talked and had some fun and um yeah, after that, we talked until really early in the morning. It was like four. It was starting to get sunshine. And she was like, I got to go because my host parents are going to like freak out. I got to go. And I drove her back. Nothing's happened at all. And I'm like, okay, well, yeah, that was fun. That was good. I tried. I tried my best. And then um, we, we, I went to her, we drove her right into her parking in the driveway. And she was about to go. And then, we're, and then I was kind of like, are you going to go? And she's like, yeah, I'm going to go. I'll see you later. I'm like, oh, are you sure? Are, yeah, well. No, um, yeah, well, okay, well, you know, you can go if you want to. <laughs> it was really awkward. Um, and then all of a sudden, I just kind of was like, well, no, no, you don't, you don't have to go. You could stay. And then pulled, pulled the arm over her shoulder, and uh, the rest is... <laughs> <laughs> so that's kind of how it started. <laughs> really awkward, but it's fun. One thing I, I got to say right now is I, I can't wait until we see um, Ken Cannon, the method actor over here. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, that was uh, a, a amazing um, reenactment of the, the scene here. I, <laughs> oh, I, I, I got the entire picture in my head fully visualized. It's straight out of an no, anime, oh. man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, it's a long time ago. Maybe I mixed some elements with anime. In there, but anyway. No, yeah, it's, it, was, it was fun. Oh man. So, so this was then the same girlfriend that you met up in Japan and then went izakaya time across the country with, right? Yeah. Oh my God. She was so cool. Um, we're, we're currently not together, but she was awesome. We, um, yeah, she took me all over the place. Uh, she had so much, so many friends. She was, she was actually a, tr she liked to travel a lot. So she had traveled the whole world, almost the whole world oh, at that wow. point. And so she had friends everywhere. And so it was really cool to like jump to the different prefectures and, you know, hang, have a good time. Wow. A lot of practice. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, now you've gotten all this practice, you've gotten a Japanese girlfriend and, <laughs> <laughs> when was it that you decided to take your talents to YouTube? Oh gosh! Um, so at that point, I had I was already um, I think I had started a YouTube channel or something. I don't know. No, I don't. It was a little bit because I had started the YouTube channel and then I started the course like a year later. So it's, it was around the same time uh -huh. though. Um, but I started doing like little videos um, at really early, and then I did the 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 very next year or two later, I'd started the course. Um, but yeah, I. Uh, it was right around there. 
Yeah, it was, it was a little bit after that. I see, I see. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, you really went and took all those experiences and made it to kept that sense of humor going and became you two. I mean, quite a fun time. I, mean, I, I personally remember <laughs> seeing some of your videos like back then. This is before, like, I, I knew I didn't really know anything about like Japanese. It just like popped up on my feed. Little young me here. And I was like, oh, <laughs> I was like, oh, defiling your mind. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh man. Hey, but I mean, I thought it was pretty funny. I, I there, there's parts I. Uh, what video? Did it it you was. See? I, I think it was um when um you're like showing the like Japanese like cuss words. I I think, and yeah. Of course. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, start. That was my first video. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well. Yeah. yeah. I, I think the the YouTube algorithm came through in the clutch there because it, it was like along around the time where it's like you know everyone's like oh like oh what, do you, what what how do you swear in that language oh how do you swear you know what I'm saying yeah and I'll I just like happened to yeah. get hit with the video and I was like oh so this is how it is in Japanese like me knowing nothing about <laughs> Japanese so <laughs> it was a, uh, it was a funny yeah. video to say the least so it's um yeah. <laughs> Walk down memory lane for me too, man. <laughs> uh, man, yeah, that that was my first video. I, it wasn't my first YouTube video. I had made a video before. I actually started a different. Ch- I had a video. I started a different channel. I was on a different video, and I made a video. And then I, and that was my second video. It had nothing to do with Japanese. I see. Um, but I kind of yeah. I I did exactly what you said um, because everybody was searching for search cuss words and stuff back uh-huh. then, and there was really nothing. There was no good results even on Google. There was like a there was a bunch of lists, but they were like fake. There was like they were like mix words together. Well, this isn't even this is not real Japanese. And so I decided. Well, if a lot of people are searching it, I looked actually. There was like this this tool called Google Trends. You can see how or not Google Trends, but the Keyword Planner or something. You can see, yeah, you can see um, how many people are searching for this certain thing. And there was like nobody making videos, but there's a ton of people searching. Like this is, sounds like a great start. I'll make a video. And then you, I just got a bunch of free organic traffic. So that went really that got popular really quickly. I mean, it got. I, that was my first video. I got like a couple of tens of maybe like twenty thousand views the first you know month or something. So I was like, wow, off to a good start. So right, yeah, wow. And, That's how and, it started. And I guess like when did it kind of translate into like deciding to start your own course, which would kind of like become like an entire business, right? <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So if I were of course if I rewind a little bit, what what it really started with was I started I made this other video right before I mentioned. Before that customers yeah. video, it was it's really embarrassing. I've never told anybody. <laughs> I don't think I don't think I've told anybody. It's uh, I don't know if you've heard of Owl City. Oh, it's yeah. a old, yeah, it's a the, band. Fire you do? Okay, God. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So they, they that was really popular at the time. And so he has this song called Hot Air Balloon. Uh-huh. And uh, I I don't know what the hell came over me, but I I decided to make a dance video <laughs> to the lyrics of hot air balloon it was a really crazy idea so the 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 lyrics are really like visuals they're like i walked down the stairs into the big case and like and then i did this thing and i load a, i lit a match and he he said all these things that he was doing so i just like kind of acted it out so i would like i did the stand scene with the match and it was so lame it was so dorky and it got like a hundred thousand views in like in like a couple weeks. And I was like, "Oh my god, what is happening?" I immediately deleted it. And uh, <laughs> this is embarrassing. Um, and you know, cowered in shame for a couple of days. And then I was like, "Wait a second, uh, I might be kind of, I might, I might be kind of good at this YouTube thing. Maybe I should try again, but in something that's actually <laughs> serious." And so that's how I started the the, the swear words video. 
Um, so I kind of had this, I was going into it with like, okay, if I could make, because I always wanted to be, I was kind of entrepreneur when I was a kid. Oh. Like if I could make something happen on the internet, that'd be cool. But I don't know what. Um, so I, that's why I made the video. Um, I was trying to see if, there's a, if there are people who want to learn Japanese or I don't know what I could do, but it would just be maybe make some free videos. And, you know, it caught on. Right. So that, I did that for a couple, couple months and I made a couple videos. But yeah, I mean, I did that for a couple months. And then halfway through, I had like a newsletter as well. Um, halfway through, people were talking like, we want more because I was only making like a video a month or something at the time. Like, can you make another video? Can you talk about this? Can you do this? And there was just a lot of stuff. So I was like, okay, how about I just teach the whole thing? Because <laughs> I, I had, you know, taught myself how to learn Japanese. I'd mentioned it on videos. And people were like, okay, well, yeah, let me, let me get some of that. Let me hear how you did it. And so, okay, I'll make a course. It'd be great. And so I went in my basement of, <laughs> and I started to design this course. Um, I went through all the other courses that were popular at the time. These Genki textbooks and you know Japanese from zero, and I checked all these things. Out. I was referencing all these different things and taking stuff back from my original ideas when I learned Japanese. And was in the cave for a couple months, and I came out and uh, launched it on YouTube. Uh, 2011, I think it was January the first. I think it was like the first one of the first days of January. And um, yeah, launched it. Just said, hey, you know, I made a course. People want want to, you know to get some. Of, people have been asking me for it, so I made a course. And um, uh, yeah, I, I limited it to a hundred people because I didn't want to be overwhelmed with a bunch of people. Even though it was recorded, I still wanted to work with people. Right. But uh, yeah, that sold out like the first day. It was really great. Wow. Um, and so that started the Japanese anime company. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I mean, it's also really crazy yeah. to me because like. Obviously now you have like courses upon courses like everywhere you go, but back then it mm. was like pretty revolutionary in terms of like thinking of just like okay I'll make a course and <laughs> because at the time like the yeah. competition were like people who are like really big incumbents right like Rosetta Stone like people you think like oh you can't there's no chance you can comp- compete with them like <laughs> so I guess like how did you think like oh can I just make my own course here. You're implying that I thought of this. No, I, I no um, yeah, I, uh, yeah. It was it was pretty. So, let me think. Um, how did I think that I? Um, yeah. So, the, so for, uh, yeah. Uh, I want to go back to what you said. Um, is that yeah? Nobody was doing courses at the time. So one of my one of my like sales pitches at the time was like, this is the first, the world's only first Japanese video course online. That was really, I was really proud of that. I was like, yeah, no one else. Has one of these. There was like YouTube videos, but there's no like Japanese course. So I was really cool um, to say for a while before other courses <laughs> popped up. But um, yeah, so how did I? I because I knew that they were not good, so <laughs> I knew it was going to be good because like I took Rosetta Stone, I went through Pimsleur's, and I studied all the other courses. I'm like that. It didn't get me to learn anime. So like that, there's no way that they could just keep doing that. I'm gonna. <laughs> this is gonna be better, so that people are gonna like it. And um, also because and I knew that anime was big, so I also saw that like. Every other course was also teaching formal. Right. Um, and that's the real reason why they didn't work. It's not like they're you know, scamming you or anything. It's just they're teaching a different kind of Japanese. So, well, I, and I just, I just had this, like, I, I know I'm not the only crazy otaku here in 2010. I know there's got to be hundreds of maybe millions of other people who will like anime. Uh-huh. Um, they, weren't, they weren't very loud at the moment. There was no channels about anime. There was, like, there was like a few blogs. There was very little anime fandom in the, in the community at the time. So I was like, okay. I, I'm going out of a hunch here, but I think they're there. I'm going to go find them. I hope they're there. And uh, I just kind of, I thought, I just believed that there was going to be a lot of people who liked anime and that's, they wanted to learn from it. So, yeah, <laughs> fueled my, my reckless ambition. Yeah. 
What was your model for the entire course? Did you like promise fluency by the end of completing it? Um, I what I what did I say in the first course? Um, the way I said it was something like I think the first promise that I gave was I'll shave two years off of your Japanese learning studies or something because I because the, the the common notion was like it would take at least four years before you to get that was like you, four years of college Japanese or something. Uh-huh. So I was like, okay, well I did it in a year. I can probably shave off. I can probably get you to do it in two years uh, if you take this course. Was kind of what I said. Yeah. I see. I see. And I guess, like in in the beginning, starting out, this is probably before you decide, like, oh, I'm gonna like register, like make this like a legal business, right? Like, at what point did it like become, I guess, quote unquote, real, where like money was coming in and like, oh, I gotta yeah. like, I gotta actually register with the state now. Way, way too late. <laughs> so I I started all that way too late. So I I just started just making videos and. I didn't make, I didn't incorporate or anything way into way too late. Um, I guess it's okay. Nothing really happened, mm-hmm. but I, I was kind of lazy with that stuff. So I started making money that the first dollar I ever made was the first hundred seats that I sold out for that course on January 11, 2011. I remember, I won't forget the day. It was just a really monumentous day because it's like there's this computer here and and money came out of it. Yeah. That's amazing. How did that happen? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so um, it was pretty cool. So, uh, yeah, we sold, so I made, I don't know, whatever, I think I sold it for like $150 or something. I don't know. It was like a four months right. course, four months course so for 150 bucks or something. So I think I made like 10 grand or 10, 15 dollars, 15,000 or something for that first thing. Right. And then I didn't make any money for like a year <laughs> <laughs> because I, I went to work on the course. And so very poor living, but I was just ecstatic, right? Cause you know, I mean, obviously if $10,000 is not gonna last you a year, but <laughs> it was fun. It was, it was just cool. Cause I was making the course better. I didn't complete the course. I filmed like half of it and then I had people join and then I filmed the second half with them. So I was able to like get their input and make it better and stuff. So we had a forum and we had all this interactivity. So it was really cool. I see. Oh, and to answer your question, I'm sorry, you didn't ask about it. You asked about the legalness. I, uh, I started doing that like later that year. I, I first was doing, I first did it as a, just a regular proprietorship, like a sole proprietorship. Right. And then I switched to the LLC I model uh, the next year after I that. See. It was about two years later. It, you know? it was that process daunting by any chance, like having to go and set it, set that all up, because you have to go fill out a bunch of paperwork. All of a sudden, you have this government documentation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was scary. Even the there's like a even for the sole sole proprietorship, which seems to be which should be easy. Basically, that just means you yourself are the business or right. something. Um, there's like this weird law. I think it was in California that you have to. Um, first you register it and then with the state and then you have to like publish a newspaper oh, article yeah. announcing that you're doing business. Yeah, do you know yeah, I do know that. <laughs> I was like, what the hell is this? I don't know how I'm going to do that. Um, but anyway, that, that was intimidating. And then the LLC, yeah, that it costs a lot of money to incorporate in California too. So that was, that was intimidating. Um, and, but I, I'd studied business in college, so I knew that I should probably do that because you never know what could happen. So yeah, it was definitely intimidating. Were you doing this all by yourself or did you like get help or like hire people? Yeah. The first, the, I started by myself and then I launched, oh my God, I launched my course. Um, I didn't have a website because it was 2010. I didn't know how to make one. There wasn't like free website makers back then. So you'd had to know how to program or you just didn't have a website. And so I was like, okay, I don't know how to do that. So I'm just going to like 
email you these core these videos. So I basically like zipped them up in a zip file and I started emailing these massive gigabyte files to people. And it was very janky. Um, so like one or two weeks of that and one of my customers, one of the students was like, hey, you know, I know I, I can program and stuff. How about I make you a website? And I'm like, oh, what? No, I can't afford that. Don't worry about it. And he's like, no, I'll do it. I'll do it for free. I'm like, what? No way. And uh, he did. Oh, wow. <laughs> it was really cool. I ended up paying him after anyway because like he made me a whole dang yeah. website. But um, yeah, I met him naturally. And then I hired him full time after that to be my you know tech guy. And we, he helped me with a bunch of stuff after that. So he was my first um, employee, so to speak. I see, I see. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, like, speaking of, like, starting out, there's, like, so many things that you have to do, and it's, like, so little time, it's, like, very overwhelming, so I, I guess, like, of course, the website being, like, one of the things, but what was another thing, maybe, that you just, like, you, you wanted to do, but really couldn't really get to until later on? Yeah, um... The website, definitely, there's a lot of, I mean, it took a lot of work to communicate. But the, fortunately, the guy that I hired, um, he was super cool. Uh-huh. He was just starting out, so he wasn't like a professional either. So we worked on it kind of together. He would send me, you know, how about this type of format? And I'm like, oh, yeah, we worked it together. So we spent a lot of time building that first website. Right. Um, and it was really fun. It was, it was, it was kind of overwhelming, but, I mean, I had him as a teammate, and he, was, he knew what he was doing, mm-hmm. so... It was a really collaborative process. I really enjoyed it. Um, uh, yeah, so that part wasn't so overwhelming. The more overwhelming part for me was, I think, dealing with customers and students because, like I said, I had this social anxiety thing that I thought I had conquered. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, <laughs> I, uh, it, it, would, it, would, it would get to me because I would make a video and then, I don't know if that was good or not. Maybe they hate it. Maybe, maybe it sucks. And and that would creep up to me all the, that was always like in my ear right <laughs> like you your crap you make crappy videos um you talk too much you're 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 boring and and so that was probably the worst part for me more than the actual building of it because that was kind of fun for me i see i see yeah yeah and i mean like I guess, like, going off of that, did you ever find, like, a spot where you felt like maybe you tunnel vision too hard? I know, like, when you're really look, you're really trying to build on something, like, let's say, for example, the videos, you start going really hard on the videos where you might, like, lack in some other area where you then, like, after you take a step back, you realize, oh, well, you know, well. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. So, Oh, that happens all the time. Yeah. <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, so... um yeah, I'm really bad at that. So I'm I'm bad at multitasking in general. Just like if you like if 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 while talking to you, I couldn't do anything. I don't I don't even know how I'm drinking water now. I don't know how it doesn't spill all over <laughs> me. I'm just so bad at doing anything else uh, at the same time of something. So <laughs> I I'm really bad at that with business too. So I'll I'll make videos and then I'll forget about everything else. Um, I'll forget about the advertising. So I'll work on advertising. And then I'll forget about all the videos, and then people will get mad over there. And then, oh, I'm sorry, and I'll go do that again. And it's just like, this is like seesaw, this teeter, this like tug of war of like me being pulled in different directions because I, I do too much of one thing and I lose track of all the other things. And that was really bad. Yeah, it, it hasn't, that, that is, it's always been like that until, I mean, it's, it's still like that now, but I have more teammates to help me, so it's, it's easier now. I see. And, and I guess to like kind of measure like productivity and like, um, like, I guess what your like main goals are, do you have maybe any like short term, long term goals kind of like, okay, maybe like this week, I want to get this done this month, I want to get that done. And this year, this is like the end goal type of thing. And do you, do you have any of those set up, like maybe in the beginning, or maybe towards like, maybe sometimes 
well, when you were like more deep into the business? Yeah, I'm always setting lofty goals <laughs> and being constantly disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. I'm always, I've got, I mean, if you could see my room, it's always filled with like papers and posted notes and like journals and different, they're, all my desktop is like filled with notepads of different ideas and different goals and schedules that I never <laughs> live up to. Um, yeah, so that, that's, that's definitely, I'm always doing that. Um, and it, and I think, it, I think it helps. I mean, I don't think I would have no direction if I didn't do it, but I do feel, yeah, I, it's, it's hard. It's definitely hard. I haven't quite gotten the knack, the trick of it yet, but I think it, I've been doing it for so long. I mean, I don't know if it, I guess I'm doing all right. It just seems so chaotic right, sometimes. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there's there's notes everywhere. I don't know if it's supposed to be messy, but it hey, is. Organized chaos, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. right. And right. I guess maybe like going a little bit further on that then, like what was maybe your main goal when you started the business? Like what, what, what did you want to accomplish right from the beginning? Um, yeah, so I wanted to be self-sufficient. I wanted, I was in college at the time and I hated what I was studying. Um, I wanted to study business. I studied film at first, but then I switched to business. Um, and I, I th- actually, I thought I switched to business cause I was like, there was no business there. I hadn't had business as an undergraduate at my wow. school. And so I, um, I was like, ah, they have economics that that's probably the same thing. I'll just do that. And no, big mistake. That's very different. Um, I mean, you learned a little bit, but a lot of it was macro. There's macro and microeconomics, and macro is just like how the GDP works and how politics influence people's buying decisions. It's like, oh my God, this this is getting me nowhere. <laughs> I hate this. I don't want to study this anymore. Um, this is not going to be useful for me. And um, and so I was like, I need to get out. And so I, that's at that time, I was making videos and stuff, and I was like, okay, I, I want to be able to not do this anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to just start my own thing. And, um, yeah, that was my goal. It was my first goal was just to like, okay, if I can just feed myself <laughs> with this thing, that'd be great. I yeah. see. And, and I guess like we, this is something that we mentioned a little bit earlier that, but like, and having like an LLC, especially in California, it's expensive. You have to pay a $800 franchise tax <laughs> every year, which is pretty ridiculous yeah. in my opinion. Um, yeah. but like, that aside, like you have to deal with like a bunch of other taxes too. Now that you're actually operating as a business, so I, I guess what mm. was that experience like? Because you're you're a college student, and now all of a sudden you have to you have the real world of not only you have to pay your own taxes, <laughs> but you have to pay the business taxes, right? Oh God, yeah, that was uh, that was definitely <laughs> that was intimidating. Um, yeah, so the whole speaking on taxes, man, that was. I again that that I did that way too late. So I was late for my dad the first time. I think I, I filed for the extension, and then I, I think I was still late or something. But anyway, <laughs> I I tried to wait to put it off as long as possible, um, and I just I ended up researching how to do it. Um, I think I my first year I did like I don't know, I used TurboTax or something. I tried to do it all myself at first, and it was very over very overwhelming. Um, but yeah, I mean, I. Yeah, that was not fun. <laughs> but it was it was it was a little bit better than the, the economics major. So that was that was that was on the bright side. I didn't like that at all because it, I felt like it was not doing anything for my future because uh-huh. I had, had no in, I had no intention of becoming an economist. Right, so. right. Yeah, yeah, I mean, practical experience so is always the best experience, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 honestly, I feel like economics is like always theories too. <laughs> 
Oh, yeah. man. Yeah. Not a lot of real life, you know, applicable yeah. stuff. That's why you, you start learning Japanese through anime. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's very, very useful. <laughs> that's, that's what I say. That's my motto. <laughs> Why, why economics when you can just do that? <laughs> oh, man. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, so I, I guess now, like, you, you, now you've spent, like, a considerable amount of time on your business, kind of starting out. There's so much going on, and, like, you've been through so much, especially, like, of course, but there's the controversy back in 2013, 2014, mm. which you've now gotten yep. through. And, I mean, a lot of experiences, like, ups and downs. Like, so I, I guess, like, in terms of, like, business purely here, like, what, what would you say is something maybe you learned like about yourself through the process after kind of going through this entire journey. So uh, speaking from uh, the, where yeah. I am now. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. So I learned so many things. So many. I was stupid <laughs> back then. I didn't realize how dumb I was as a 20 year old. <laughs> I've learned so many things. Um, but, um, and and I'm also I'm I'm kind of grateful that I didn't know what I didn't know back then because I probably would have never done it because <laughs> there's so much stuff if I knew what I was getting myself uh-huh. into, but now I think it's I've learned so much I probably if I had to encapsulate it into one thing um or at least like one general idea I think for me, man it's you know I've it's always I, I this is gonna be different for different people, but when you're the the owner of the company when you're the chacho you're you're the um. You're like the you're like the bottleneck of the whole company, and so in order to grow your company, you have to grow yourself. And I didn't realize that's what it's about. I thought it was gonna make this thing over here. It's gonna be like a vending machine. It's just gonna make money all by itself, and um, it didn't work that way. So I had to like grow myself in order to make the business grow, and that was hard. So my personal journey was dealing with the social anxiety that always came back up. I'm way better at it now. But, um, yeah, it's just been a constant journey of, like, dealing with people's expectations and dealing with, like, guilt of, like, I'm sh- I should be doing more. I should be working more. Um, and my thing should be better. And um, that battle, that journey has always been hard for me. I, I assume for other people, if they have a- whatever their inner demons are, you're probably going to battle them if you start a company. <laughs> They're going to come up and bite you. So that's kind of, that would be my advice is to really look at, you know, take the perspective of, okay, I'm going to be going on a journey of myself with this business right right yeah i mean i I think that's like an excellent way to look at it i mean (laughs) really really you do learn so much it's crazy man yeah and yeah yeah, i guess like and i guess even in the midst of this business journey we we talked about of course there's like the controversy of the low but you you also experienced homelessness at one point of this right Uh. Yeah, yeah. As a direct result of the of all that, yeah. So that was um, right after. I mean, it wasn't immediately after. So what happened after the whole platinum incident was, I put my head in the sand, and I. <laughs> so when that happens, you know, bill collectors come, and when you don't got the monies to pay them, they take your things. Uh-huh. <laughs> so they evicted me. Um, I got my tar- car towed, and um, you know, all my I put all my stuff in storage. Um, at the time, it was like the the most I could do. And, um, like mentally. And then I went to go stay with, um, a girlfriend at the time or something and sleeping on her couch. And, um, that wasn't a good look, but I, I had, um, I certainly, I didn't, I was still with my head in the sand, but I also didn't tell her what's going on. So it was really bad. Uh 
So I'm like, she she thinks I'm this great entrepreneur because I was previously living in a pretty good place, right? You know, I was able to support myself pretty pretty well. But I was like, oh, I'm just gonna stay with you for a couple weeks. You know, it'll be fine. I'm just gonna before I go to Japan, I didn't tell her anything. And uh, so she's like, okay. And um, <laughs> day after day, I like I couldn't. I couldn't even like buy groceries. She's like, "Why can't you?" I was like, "Oh, my check, the money I has to go to another bank and has to go to. We have to tra- It takes a long time to transfer the money." And she's like, "Oh, okay. So I'll just cover this. I'll get this for you. Yeah, then I'll probably pay back." And <laughs> it was really like kuzu, like just trashy, a trashy person <laughs> um, during that time. But um, also my storage that I had, I didn't pay attention to it, and, I, and it got auctioned off. So I lost everything I owned up until that point. All my furniture, all my computer with all my data of JTA, the files, all my notes and stuff and pictures when I was a baby. So that was really, that made it worse. (laughs) And um, so then I'm just even more depressed. And um, yeah, we, uh, what, what happened here? So I, yeah, so then I went... We we go back and forth for a little bit. I was I sort of sleep on different friends' couches. So I slept on this friend's couch, and I was kind of exhausting my places at that point. And then um, the last result, the last final thing was I didn't have any friends' couches to stay on anymore. And so my one of my friends, he was like, I have a... <laughs> he's like, yeah, I don't know why he bought an RV, a really old RV, like a 1970s RV, like super old. It's all brown. The the paneling is falling off and it's moldy in the oh, ceiling. Wow. <laughs> he's like, I got you. And he uh, he gave that to me. He's like, you could live in this. And then I lived in that <laughs> for um, a couple weeks. Uh, that was my lowest low. So that's technically what I what was homeless for me because I didn't actually live on the street, uh-huh. but I was living a, I was living in a car on the street. So or in a I guess in the in the, in the RV on the uh-huh. street. So and in San, I was in San Francisco. So like you know the I don't know if you know the park. <laughs> there's street cleaning freaking every day. <laughs> so I had to like wake up at the crack of dawn at four and like move my big fat ass <laughs> RV <laughs> to another location <laughs> while it made these like puttering sounds and hoping it didn't break down. It was really bad, <laughs> it was a really crazy experience. Oh, wow. So uh, that that's what happened then. And then I was like, I gotta pull, I gotta pull myself together here. This is not cool anymore. So. Yeah, that was my lowest low after the party. I see. And, and I guess, like, how, how did you kind of recover from this? Like, you mentioned that was, like, when you kind of realized that you were at your lowest low. How did you kind of rise up from the ashes here and kind of get back on your feet? <laughs> yeah, rise up from the, the sludge. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, <laughs> I, uh, so, okay, so, yeah, I remember this pretty clearly. This was, um... I had this idea in my head that everyone hated me um, because obviously the platinum thing and I was I hadn't responded to anybody and I have to just throw away JT. I just can't do JT anymore. It's just impossible because everybody hates me. Uh-huh. Um, when in reality, the class was relatively small that I taught. So the people that actually hate me were probably small. Um, and the and the, there was rumors going out but around me, but you know, and there was all of the internet, but I didn't mean it was everybody. And so I had this realization like two years into it. I was like, maybe everybody doesn't hate me. Maybe I can try and re- maybe I can try this again. And so that's what stopped me from doing it because I thought that um, I thought that it wasn't going to work because everybody hates me. But I decided to try it again. I, I just I made a video and I spoke really honestly to people. And I'm like, well, this all this crap happened and. Uh, I want to try and you know start up JTA again. I'm making this new thing. If you want to join it, it's okay. You don't have to. I think I had it. Like, I think it was like free for first. It was like a free <laughs> course uh-huh. or something. Just like, yeah, join it and then pay later if you right. want to. Um, type of thing. I wasn't trying to like because I thought they hate me. Uh-huh. So um, and it worked. And a lot of people joined. I think I got like 280 people to join oh, wow. that. Um, 
it was free, so I didn't make any money immediately. But people sent me money anyway, and I was like, "What are you people doing?" It was so nice. They would give me donations of like hundred, two hundred dollars. Like, wow, this is amazing. Uh-huh. Um, and so that happened, and everybody, almost everybody, upgraded from the free thing. So that was amazing, and immediately I had like a steady income again, and so I was able to kind of pick myself up and start making stuff again. I see. So that was that's all. and I just realized like, oh my god, my guilt has been killing me this whole time. I have to just, you know, it's not everybody that hates me. I could still do good in this world. Right. So. Wow. Yeah, I mean, really came a <laughs> solid comeback there. I mean, back on your feet. Like, I mean, this is a great story to hear. And I mean, now you're like, now you're kind of here with like all these other, like we mentioned before, like earlier there weren't many courses, but now there's like courses galore and oh, yeah. so many different things. And immersion and input being a very big one so i i guess like now like what, what are your thoughts on like these learning mes- methods especially like i guess immersion because you mentioned that you're kind of doing input before like input was like a thing right and now there's yeah, like yeah. so many um other like i guess areas where like oh okay like this this does make sense now and yeah like oh, how, what do you think about that uh, about the different courses that are popping up and all the different stuff that's happening. Because there's a yeah, lot more yeah, nowadays. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely, there's a lot more. So immediately it changed the whole business model. That that was hard for me too, um, if we were to talk a little bit about that. Because things were different back in 2010 when there was like nobody making swear word videos. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I was the only one and I got all the traffic. That was great. Um, but now, and, and ads were like a penny a click. <laughs> but now things are expensive and uh, all the ads are really expensive and there's a bunch of videos and people are freaking good at making oh, videos. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you have to compete with these really good creators um and so it was a different world when i came back and um yeah it was really hard so what i think of all of them i um uh i i guess i i was intimidated at first because there's a lot of clutter now there's a lot of uh-huh. stuff and you know i had t- moments of thinking i'm i'm not going to be as good as this other stuff but then i i just kind of realized that um i realized that people that a lot of people were cuz a lot of stuff you can learn for free yeah. nowadays um i realized that a lot of people were um because there's so it's the opposite almost problem where there's so much information that people don't even know where to right. start. Um, there's every there's so many different methods and videos and courses and things coming at you in the ears and up the nose <laughs> and so you're like, what the heck? What do I do? Yeah. What language do I learn? How do I start? How do I learn it? Um, and so um, there's a really good quote that I really like. I can't remember exactly how it goes, but um, what was it? I think it was like people are flooded with knowledge, but starving for wisdom is a quote that oh, I really that, liked. That is a great. And I'm like, quote, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, okay, if I can supply some wisdom, like that would be that would be good. And so I took the the approach of um, kind of directing people through the the chaos of all the videos and all the different mm-hmm. courses and stuff. I'm like, okay, so this is the the method that seems to be most effective for the most amount of people for the most amount of circumstances. And you can take this and do this. I'm just kind of like a guide now rather than anything. So I guide people through the, the chaos. And if they want to learn by themselves, they can. Right. I, I guess, can you like briefly talk about like the exact process that leads to that fluent Japanese in, in 11 months? Oh yeah, of course. Um, so I, uh, what's the best? Okay. So I have a book out right now and I just launched this little book and it's probably, it has the, it has the, the map in there. And so what I describe in there is probably the best like way to say. So what's in there is, um, I do through three stages. I do through three stages now. So I basically say that there's a primer stage 
then there is a input stage and then there's an output stage. And so I describe it as, you know, you want to have a primer first. You just don't want to go whole into input first because it's going to be really hard. It's going to be very boring and um, mm-hmm. it's, uh, you're, it's going to take a long time. So I find that students learn a lot quicker when they have a solid base, like a foundation. So I describe it as a primer. And um, in the book, I talk about the qualities of what's a really good primer, what to learn from, what to get the basics. And one of the things that I talk about are, you know, the uh, most frequency uh, frequency analysis. So like the most commonly used words words list is something that I use in anime. I have a, like a word list of the most commonly used words in all of anime. And I give that out in the book. And um, I say, this is a good starting place. You can use this. But, you know, look for other qualities. Things that teach high frequency so that you can immediately start picking up words. And then also... Um, uh, what else is the other thing? The quality. Oh yeah, and it's also very basic. It's not too. It's not too intense. So maybe like two to three. If you're gonna go, if you're gonna do the process in a year like I did, the primer should be like two to three months, maybe four. Really short, um, and then you go into the input stage after that. And in the input stage, I describe different techniques, like the one I mentioned to you, which was the subtitle mm-hmm. tutor, where you take the subtitles off, you put the subtitles mm-hmm. on, you do that for another eight months. If you're doing the year plan, because it's got it's gonna be intense if right, you're gonna yeah. do the year plan. And then the remaining two months or so, you practice output. And I describe some different techniques to do that, like the Nihon Jin Hunter the technique. Nihon Jin Hunter. Um, yeah. <laughs> I don't actually, I don't actually I call don't it that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great technique. $5.99, you can buy it. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, but uh, yeah. It's, so so do you think like that, that anime is better than other forms of media? Um, that's a big, that's a, that's a big topic. That's a big, big, there's a big answer to that. Um, and there's a lot of different ways I can answer it. But for my students or people that like anime, hundred mm-hmm. percent, the best way they can learn because they love it. And the biggest hurdle is going to be consistency when Japanese, like it takes a ton of hours. It doesn't matter what magical method you have. You just got to yeah. put the hours in. And so if you, you have to have something you can stick with. So I always promote, you got to pick the one you love. If you can just do this every day and you love it, then it's going to work for you. Right. Um, that's the number one priority for me. And then there's also talks, there's also conversations you can have about, I actually think that anime, because I have a background in film, um, is, is easier to, to pick words off of. So in film, we learned that the proximity of the mic is how the better quality quality you're going to get. So the closer the mic is to you, the better it's going to sound, the more crisper, the clearer it is. And so anime actors have their mics right in front of them and there's no distractions. They're in a studio and they, their goal, their whole, their profession is to pronounce things as clearly as possible. So it's really easy to pick words out of, out of anime where if you're watching drama or TV or even real life. There's noises and sounds, and there's the mic might be a boom mic way above them in a movie. Um, in real life, they may be across the room. And so it's a little bit harder to get your foot in with other mediums. So I think that's a great starting medium. I see. Yeah. But also the thing is, like, with anime, you often see, like, a lot of a lot of harder vocabulary that maybe, like, Japanese people understand, but they never use, like, sci-fi vocabulary. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, like, how long did it take you personally to fully understand 100% of anime? Oh, yeah. So, um, first of all, yeah, there's a lot of hard stuff if you're going to watch hard stuff. And um, uh, so, but the frequency analysis doesn't change much. So I've done different different frequency analysis on different animes. And so even if it's a hard anime or if it's an easy anime, the most common words are usually the same. And so you can pick up those most common words really quickly, pretty easily. And then the harder stuff is less frequency. And so it just sounds like noise to you in the beginning. You're just kind of like, what does you like? And then the, the hard word. And then the rest of the normal sentence. And so... Um, 
yeah, you kind of ignore that. For, you just learn to ignore those hard words for, for a little while. And 100% of anime, how long it took me for... So, yeah, I mean, that, that was... That's a hard conversation because it depends on what kind of medium you were talking about. Uh-huh. So, I would... I mean, there's still things I don't understand. Like, I'm reading a really hard novel right now, and it's, it's mind-boggling how hard it is. And, What's um, the novel? Have you heard of... Um, What's it called? I don't know the... I think the English title is Tanya the Evil. It's like an anime. Oh, oh, yeah. Um, yeah and it's, yeah. A, it's a light novel. And I was like, I, I like the anime. So I was like, oh, what's, I'll read the light novel. And it shouldn't be much harder. And it's, it's, it's a military setting. So the military Japanese is insane. Like, the way the soldiers talk to each other is like, what are they saying? And it's so, it's so wild how I've been learning Japanese for so long. I mean, I still understand, like, 95% of it. But, like, how do I not know what that is? What is I've been learning Japanese for, you know, what is it now? I don't know, 17 years now? And so it's, it's, it's wild that there's still things I don't know. But, um, yeah, so, but the general, most anime... I could understand 90%, 95%, 90% within that first year. So that was, that's kind of where I, I uh, that's where I draw mm-hmm. the line of, okay, that's, that's fluency for me. I can understand most things. And then whatever, I, and then I watch different things. Like I'll watch like a medical drama or I'll, I'll, uh, I'll watch a soccer drama and I'll learn those words and I'll learn these words. So like there's specific words for everything and every little anime and stuff. So that took a, long, a lot longer. So it's been a slow drip of that for the last 17 years. <laughs> Yeah. So, so I guess like after after seventeen years, are you still studying Japanese? Like you're saying you're reading a a light novel, but are you do you use like Anki or anything? Um. Yeah. I mean, Anki's been a thing that's popped up. I have used Anki in the past. Now I didn't use it when I originally learned. I've used it. It's pretty cool. I like it. Um. I actually use SR, an SRS, a space repetition um, format, in my courses. So I'm very familiar with the way it works. Um. But uh. Yeah. I still study. I still study. So right now I'm. I'm studying pitch. Um, I've been doing studying pitch accent for several years now, but I have a, I, my first, my first girlfriend, the one I mentioned, she was from Kansai. Uh-huh. And so I have, I developed a Kansai accent. I didn't realize I did. And so I, my pitch was all out of whack. It was all Kansai and, and I didn't know. And so I've been trying to fix that ever <laughs> since. So um, that's kind of what I'm studying now. So it goes really deep. I mean, but I, I'll be honest, I didn't, I didn't study, study the whole 17 years. So I studied that first year. Then I didn't do anything for like seven years, maybe. And then I started studying a little bit again. I just watched anime. That's all I did for seven years. I mean, I didn't stop watching anime. I watched anime. And I learned stuff. And then I started really hardcore studying again, like within these last four years. Because I'm realizing like, you know, I got to up my game. You know, there's more people. There's, there's good people in the industry. So I'm like, okay, let me fix my weird Kansai accent. Um, <laughs> <laughs> let me read some crazy hard novels. This will be cool. So Was it at all like difficult so, um, to come back after kind of taking a break? I guess you were still watching anime, but was it kind of, was it difficult? Yeah. Um, uh, it was difficult facing the fact that I didn't know everything in the world. Like, yeah, you have, you have this, uh, this notion. Because I use Japanese every day. You know, I live with a Japanese person and I use Japanese constantly. And I lived in Japan for a while. And so... I didn't lose any Japanese skills, and I and I watched Japanese medium like every day for lots of lots right. of hours. So I didn't I didn't lose any ability, but and in fact I got way better over the mm-hmm. seven years. But yes, coming to the reality with like yeah, there's some really hard stuff that I don't know. Um, that was that's like a it's a humble pill that I have to swallow, you know, because you know you like to pretend that you're amazing because I've been, ah, I've been doing it for seventeen years, I'm fine. But uh, no, there's some stuff if you don't study, you can't get it. I so. see. Yeah, there's a limit. To, I guess I found out there's a limit to input. I thought input was like this magical 
thing that just fixed everything, but it doesn't, so. I see. Yeah. I guess, like, do you still um, enjoy anime today? Oh, yeah, yeah, I do. I watch it with uh, my girlfriend. We watch anime all the time. Well, I just, we just watched Haikyuu, like, an hour. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah <laughs> right before this podcast. Yeah, it was good. She loves Haikyuu. Oh, nice. <laughs> There's a lot of feels. Feels are real. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was actually just about to ask, like, for, like, right now we're in, like, January of 2021. What is Ken Cannon's recommended anime right now? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. For 2021, dude, I am really looking forward to uh, a lot of stuff. Jesus. Oh, my gosh. But I think if I had to give, like, a really good recommendation, what would it be? Uh... Anime wise, I'd probably say my my like I really like this call thing called Made in Abyss. Oh, uh-huh. um, it's it's pretty weird. It's very strange, and uh, it's a wild trip. Also, Yakusoku no Nebarando. It's it's called Promised Neverland. Mm-hmm. Those are pretty like really good ones that I think have a lot of potential. I like both those, and they have they have both of them have second seasons approved, and they're coming out this year. And so I think those are going to be great. Yeah, I, I think Promised Neverland yeah. is actually coming out right now, right? Yeah, 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 exactly. I haven't, I haven't watched right. it. I'm, I like to oh. wait till it, it feels. You uh, get, get like the whole, the whole Netflix vibe yeah. where you just binge it all at once. Uh, yes, I'm a binger. Yeah, I'm that in a box of chocolate, <laughs> killing myself one chocolate at a time. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be yeah. interesting. I, I'm probably gonna be doing that with um, Attack on Titan. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, yeah, me too. I'm excited. Hey, have that watch party. So good. <laughs> Oh. Yes. Oh, we should. We should. Yes, it's so good. It's coming out right yeah, now too. Yeah, right? yeah. I, I think maybe yeah. still has some episodes to go though. But I, I've heard a lot of good stuff about yeah. it, so very excited for that. But yeah, man, nice. we we've come through an entire journey though. Can we've come right from the beginning all the way to present day? It's uh, it's crazy. We went all <laughs> the way from even talking about the controversy to like your business to how you got started into Japanese the anime that you love from the start that you still love today. I mean, it's been really amazing kind of hearing this entire story and getting the full story of Ken Cannon here today on the Korekara podcast. So <laughs> I, I guess now kind of like closing here, like we have like a lot of listeners here who are um, current Japanese learners or are people who are trying to get into learning Japanese. So, like, do you have any advice for for these for our listeners here who are really trying to pick up the language? Yeah, go buy all my courses. Give me lots of money. Besides that, okay, <laughs> I'm kidding. No, um, uh, yeah, for sure. Um, good piece of advice. I mean, there's so many pieces. There's, I mean, they they will soon realize they will be bombarded by advices for the next four years or whatever. Uh-huh. But uh, what I can add to it, if I could add something, I would say. Um, Man, I would say, first of all, I'd say never give up because it can seem super overwhelming. It's such a, it can seem such like a crazy long journey. If you don't have eight hours to dedicate like I did, it, it gets longer and longer. So um, it can be really, really overwhelming and really intimidating. So I say at first um, that you should just keep going um, and never give up. Yeah, just never give up because it's going to be hard. And the reason I say you can never give up is because it is so worth it. Oh, my God. Uh, all through all the crazy stuff that happened in my life, most of it was my own fault. Um, it doesn't matter. It's all made up for by the fact that I spoke Japanese. I met ha- met all these amazing people. I had all these like, amazing experiences. It was so fun. I understand anime, and I love anime to this day. I love. I can watch video games. I can read novels. Um, I can hang out with Japanese people at these akayas. Um, oh man, it's so fun. It really changed my whole life. I would be a completely different person. 
my personality would be different. I, I would be a different world if I didn't speak it. And I'm so glad I did it. So it's probably the most rewarding thing I've ever done in my life. Um, so yeah, don't give up. <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna find that it's it's probably equally as rewarding. Yeah, I find it really funny how it's like we really come full circle where we're learn Japanese through anime. What advice are you gonna give? Never give up. <laughs> the most anime <laughs> advice you can give. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all right. But no, that's the Yeah, there you go. That's perfect now. Yep. No, but yeah, no, I I, I completely agree. That's a great it's great advice. I'm sure our listeners. Really Really re- are going to resonate with that, and I'm sure they can really make it <laughs> as big of a part of their lives as th- it has been for you too. So I'm really excited <laughs> for them, and yeah, I-, I guess this is a good place to close our podcast today. Ken, I really want to thank you for coming on. It's been an absolute pleasure. I love this entire conversation. Got to learn so much more about <laughs> you and e- everything, really, and it's been really fun. Um, is, is where where can um where can our listeners here find you? Yeah, so right now probably the best place would be the book that I just re- released. Um, you can find it at kencannonbook dot com would probably be the best place to start. It's a cheap little book. It's like five dollars, and you can just read it. In. It's really short. You can read it in the afternoon, and it just gives you the blueprint of how to learn Japanese. <laughs> Great, yeah. And um, yeah. usually at the end of our podcast over here, we always have a little message to the Korekara. We have a little message to the Korekara listeners here, and it can be anything a funny, something funny, a random piece of advice, or anything that comes to mind. So, Ken, today, what is your message to the Korekara listeners? Ah, what is the message? The message is, oh man, enjoy your life. <laughs> Don't let yourself get down by the guilt and the craziness. It's going to be fun. It's going to be all right. Probably be my advice. Nice. My oh, message. I can't forget Izakaya time, right? <laughs> yeah, that's the place where you can definitely enjoy your that's, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Jesus. All right. It was great having you on, Ken. We're going to sign out over here. All right. Peace out, yeah. guys. Thank you, man. It was an honor. Talk to you later. Bye. Hey guys, thanks for listening to this episode. I want to give a quick shout out to our patrons, Sadboy, Izenga71, Miku, Jack, KH90, Boy No Eyebrow 4, and Light. If you guys want to support us, we also have bonus clips of almost every clip on Patreon. So I'll catch you guys on the next episode.